Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is the lunch rush at your local deli. Orders are flying in. Online, on the phone, and in person. Order for Nick. So is it possible that fast internet can help your business outrun the rush? It is with Comcast Business. Powering your connected devices with gig speed Wi-Fi and fast downloads and uploads. With Comcast Business, next level speed isn't just possible, it's happening. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Requires gigabit internet and compatible router. Actual speeds vary. Digital trends show up every day in business decisions and actions. West Monroe is the number one strategic partner translating technology into financial value for companies. The This Is Digital podcast applies West Monroe's two decades of secrets and best practices to your business's benefit. Favorite past topics from the last three seasons include how AI and the next generation of employees are shaping the workplace, becoming a product company, Highmark's journey, and what does it mean to put the customer first. Learn more at westmonroe.com. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Friday, August 11th edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. 15 games on the betting board for today, all 30 teams in action. Lots of intrigue, lots of storylines on today's card, but light on games that I like. So only two plays here for Friday to round out this week on the podcast. But before I get into that, over at vsin.com, go to vsin.com slash subscribe. Get the VEASAN Pro subscription so you can get our 2023 college football betting guide, which came out uh, eight days ago. A lot of good stuff in that publication team previews for all 133 FBS teams. So definitely encourage you to check that out over there at the website. At this point, the annual subscription probably going to be your best bet, best bang for your buck. That will go to a year from now. That would probably in all likelihood include next year's NFL and college football betting guides. So Check out the perks of an annual subscription over there at vcin.com. And of course, if you are getting Sunday ticket via YouTube TV for the upcoming NFL season, get the YouTube TV Sports Plus package because you can watch vcin, the sports betting network, 24-7 on that platform. One other piece of uh, information here. We'll have another interview with Billy Walters coming up later this month after his book, Gambler, Secrets of a Life of Risk comes out on August 22nd. He's sitting down with Brent Musburger. So we'll talk about the book and some of the stories, anecdotes, and everything else in that book that comes out on August 22nd. So keep an eye out for that next interview with Brent Musburger. And we do have two of them available over on our VSIN YouTube page to check out. Also, I wrote a quick piece yesterday uh, regarding an excerpt from the Billy Walters book with his relationship with Phil Mickelson. And you can go check that out over at vcin.com. And when you do that, the two Billy Walters interviews are linked in there for your viewing pleasure. All right, we have 15 games on the board here for today. Lots to get to. I got to record the Ohio Sports Betting Hour. A bunch of stuff going on here today and over the next few days as we get ready for the football season over at VSIN. So I'm going to rattle through these games here. There are some interesting things, but as I mentioned, only two games 
making the cut here for me today. But we start with the Reds and the Pirates. Andrew Abbott on the bump for the Reds. Johan Oviedo on the hill for the Buccos. Pittsburgh short favorite across most of the market, as high as minus 115 out there at DraftKings. Total of nine for this one. Interesting to see money come in on Pittsburgh here overnight and this morning, making the Pirates a favorite, even though it's the Reds that are still in that playoff hunt, as we know. But Cincinnati has lost eight of nine here in the month of August. So they're really struggling. Abbott is a guy with some negative regression signs in the profile. 293 ERA, 372 expected ERA. 397 FIP, 10 runs on 14 hits over his last two starts, covering nine innings, eight strikeouts, eight walks. So the market not super enthused with what they've seen here recently from Abbott. And for Oviedo, he's actually been pretty good here of late. Two runs on 11 hits in his last 20 innings, 418 ERA, 437 expected, 416 FIP on the year. He's you know done well in terms of limiting hard contact in his recent outings. Also, uh, the Reds offense been bad against lefties here in the second half. I thought I'd maybe want to go against this line move and trust Cincinnati, but that is not the case here for me today as we've seen some influential money take Pittsburgh, and I do respect that position out of those groups and individuals. Braves and the Mets here. Charlie Morton, Tyler McGill in this one. Morton comes in with a 386 ERA, 491 expected, 409 FIP in 123 and two-thirds innings pitched, but he's allowed 16 runs over his last four starts, so Morton is struggling a little bit. The velocity largely looks fine for the 39-year-old. Mechanically, everything looks to be in pretty decent shape. He's just struggling here of late. But the big concern to me, in his last four starts, 17 to 15 strikeout to walk ratio. And usually when you see bad control, that's another pretty good injury indicator or at least an indicator of mechanics being out of whack, something like that. So that's the big concern right now, I think, with Morton. On the other side with Tyler McGill on the hill, a lot of concerns with him. 545 ERA, 637 expected, 524 FIP. Made six rehab starts at AAA, or maybe he just got sent down. I don't even remember. But he had an 867 ERA in 27 innings against AAA hitters. 14 to 11 strikeout to walk ratio. Came back up to the big leagues. Struggled in his first start. Gave up five runs on nine hits to Baltimore. 60% hard hit percentage. Maybe the play here in this game was the over nine and a half. I could definitely see people being interested in that with Morton's struggles and also what the Braves offense does against pretty much any below average pitcher. And McGill is a below average pitcher. So maybe over nine and a half is the play. Maybe I'll regret leaving that one off the card. Uh, But that was the closest I got to anything in that one. Blake Snell on the bump here for the Padres against the Diamondbacks. Snell and the Padres, but a minus 160 favorite. By the way, Morton and the Braves, minus 180 across most of the market there at City Field. But Blake Snell still locked in. But that being said, he's had some control issues here of late. He's walked 20 batters over his last four starts, but he's also only allowed 15 hits and just one homer. When you look at Snell over his last 14 starts, 103 ERA, 260 FIP, 116 to 45 strikeout to walk ratio, 24.5% hard hit percentage, barrel rate under 4%. He's been as good as he could possibly be during this 14 start stretch, but lately has had some issues with the walk. Now, Arizona is not the most, most patient of offenses, so maybe they don't take full advantage here, but Snell, you know, he's starting to show a few cracks here and there. I do think a bad start will be coming sometime soon. 
I don't know that it will come here against Arizona. And also, I mean, the Diamondbacks are just in free fall mode, as we know. They'll send Ryan Nelson to the hill in this one. 516 ERA, 504 expected, 499 FIP, 122 innings pitched. Just 80 strikeouts in his 23 starts. Get up 138 hits in 122 innings. So not a whole lot to really like about Nelson. Snell is deservedly a big favorite, but the Padres, not very trustworthy. 0-10 in extra inning games, 6-18 and in one-run games. They are eight games worse by actual record than they should be according to their Pythagorean win-loss. So a very frustrating season for them in a lot of ways. Rockies and the Dodgers. Rockies covering the two and a, the plus two and a half yesterday, losing two to one in that one. Lance Lynn on the bump here today for the Dodgers. Austin Gomber going for Colorado. Dodgers, $3 favorite out there, a total of eight and a half in this one. I think something that would be interesting to take a look at here is maybe a home run prop with Nolan Jones. Uh, somebody like that for the Rockies, a left-handed guy going up against Lynn. Because while Lynn has been more effective in his two starts for the Dodgers, he's given up four runs on nine hits in 13 innings, but all four runs have come via the home run. And he's given up 32 long balls on the season here. So looking for a Rockies player to take him deep, I think makes some sense. I think a guy like Nolan Jones could be that guy. He's got very, very prolific power when he's able to make contact. And Lynn is throwing a ton of fastballs now that he's joined the Dodgers. That's the adjustment that they've tried to make with him. So to me, I think a guy like Nolan Jones, a young hitter who can definitely get to velocity at the big league level, especially if it's misplaced velocity in the zone. I think that's kind of the play that you maybe want to look at there in this game, finding somebody on that Rockies roster who's at least interesting enough to take for a home run prop. And I think Jones, probably the guy that stands out the most to me, just because I think he's the type of player that you know does profile really, really well against somebody like Lance Lynn. And for Lynn, again, I mean, you know, he just throws a lot of strikes. He's around the plate a ton. That's just kind of how it's going to be for him. And Nolan Jones plus 450 at DraftKings to hit a homer. Austin Gomber has been pretty good here of late. The concern is that the Dodgers are a top five offense against lefties. Didn't help them against Ty Block yesterday, but Gomber, 14 earned runs over his last 48 innings, covering eight starts, 263 ERA, 343 FIP. Still not a huge fan of the profile, doesn't miss a ton of bats, gives up a lot of hard contact, uh, kind of a ground ball guy most of the time. So I think regression is coming for him, but here recently, Gomber throwing the ball pretty well overall for the Rockies. So again, I think you just look for a home run prop with some Colorado player and hope that you strike lightning in a bottle, and that's the guy that goes deep off of Lynn because he's giving up 32 homers. I mean, it's hard to expect him to not give one up in any of his starts. Guardians and the Rays, as we flip over to the American League, Rays, about a $2.05 favorite here, minus 205 across most of the market, total of 8.5 in this one. Aaron Savali makes his start against Cleveland. This will be his second start for the Rays. First start wasn't very good. Three runs on nine hits and four and a third. Tigers had some really hard hit balls in that game off of him. But Savale on the whole, 255 ERA, 342 FIP. He's been pretty good throughout the course of this season. Cleveland obviously knows him very, very well. Guys have at least been in the box against him in spring training and sim games and stuff like that. So we'll see if Savale can have a good start here. The lingering concern with Cleveland on a daily basis is when is Major League Baseball going to make a decision on Jose Ramirez's appeal? You know, they already don't have Josh Naylor. Ramirez will miss probably three games. I don't think they'll scale it back after his involvement in that brawl against the White Sox uh, this past week. 
So, you know, I'm just curious to see when the hammer will drop here because this is a Cleveland team running out guys like Oscar Gonzalez and Cole Calhoun in the four and five spots in the absence of Naylor. So this is a really poor offense anyway. But once Ramirez is out of it, it will be substantially worse for those three games that he's not out there. Xavion Curry gets to start for Cleveland, 295 ERA, but a 514 expected ERA, 412 FIP, tons of regression signs in the profile. Did get stretched out to five innings last time out, so that's what Cleveland will be hoping for here in this start from Curry. Uh, For the Rays, just embarrassing yesterday against Matthew Liberatore. Eight shutout innings for him when he hadn't really gotten anybody out at the big league level this season. So the Rays offense still having plenty of issues. We'll see if they're able to rectify those against Curry and the Guardians bullpen in this one. We'll skip over the Tigers and the Red Sox. I got to play in that one and go to the Angels and the Astros. Justin Verlander making his first home start with the Astros since last season. Houston, a big favorite here against the Angels. About $1.70, $1.75 with a total of eight and a half in this one. Verlander, 311 ERA, 387 FIP. Good first start for the Astros. Shut down the Yankees, held them to two runs over seven innings. The big strikeout rate decrease is the interesting thing for Verlander here this season, and we'll see if Houston is able to figure that out. But over his last eight starts, Verlander, 164 ERA, only given up two homers in that span, and that's been the issue for Verlander, the long ball, and this year not a problem for him at all whatsoever. On the Angels' side, we'll get Reed Detmers here in this one. 478 ERA, 440 expected, 399 FIP. A couple of interesting things here about Detmers in this game. First of all, you would think that a lefty would have issues with the Astros' right-handed heavy lineup, but Detmers has been much better against righties than he has been against lefties. Now, there is some sample size bias in here, but 369 plate appearances against righties, they're batting 234 with just a 307 weighted on base average and a 31.2% strikeout percentage, which is exceptional for a lefty against right-handed batters. But in 86 plate appearances against lefties, being Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez here today, specifically 389 Woba against 312 batting average. So some sample size noise in there to be sure. But, you know, against righties, he's been very, very good. Now here's the tough part. He's been worse on the road. His ERA is over a run higher on the road. And then also that third time through the order penalty is still very much a thing for him. 95 batters face third time through the order, 366 average, 453 on base, 549 slugging, a 430 Woba in that split the third time through the order. And we'll see what happens here with Detmers, because as I mentioned, very good against righties, but the Astros, they're a top five offense against lefties here in the second half, 357 Woba, 130 WRC plus. So, Thought about the first five under in this one, but with what the Astros have done to lefties in the second half here, opted to stay off of that one. One more game, then we'll take a short break. It's the Orioles and the Mariners. Mariners laying $1.40 or so as the home favorite. Total of 7.5 at some shops, 8 at others. Luis Castillo and Kyle Gibson in this one. Castillo in his career at T-Mobile Park, most of this being with Seattle, He's held the opposition to a 186 average, 237 on base, 325 slugging, 239 ERA in that split, over 109 innings pitched, 138 to 24 strikeout to walk ratio. So he's back at home, 279 ERA on the season, 264 Woba against. 
Gave up seven runs last time out against the Angels, but that was on the road. Now he's back at home. Should be in pretty good shape here. And Kyle Gibson's been in pretty good shape lately as well. Last 19 innings pitched over three starts, six runs on 12 hits. Ran into a rough patch in late June that carried over into July, but he's a positive regression guy. 450 ERA, 425 expected, 373 FIP for him. Also, in his last 12 starts, 12.9% swinging strike percentage for Gibson. And the Mariners, while they're swinging it better here in the second half, Gibson's had a strikeout per inning pace, a little bit better than that, actually. And the Mariners still strike out a ton. Even though they've picked it up here and they're playing much better in the month of August, they've won seven of eight. They're 17 and eight since the All-Star break. They're still striking out a lot. So I think Gibson over five and a half strikeouts is not a bad investment in this game. Not an official play for the article, but much like the Nolan Jones home run prop I mentioned earlier, I think Gibson could rack up some punchies here in this start against the Mariners. We'll take a short break and come back with the interleague portion of the card and my two plays for Friday on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's really good? Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. 
Right, we're back here on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, five-star reviews. Very, very much appreciated for this and all of the shows in our VEASAN family of podcasts. Moving on here to a game where we only have one starter listed. That is the Yankees and the Marlins. Jesus Lazardo will get the call for Miami. All signs point to Randy Vasquez getting the call for the Yankees unless they opt to use an opener, which is definitely a possibility here. Vasquez, this will be his first start or at least first appearance since July 5th. Two runs on nine hits and 15 and a third innings pitch, 10 to 7 strikeout to walk ratio. In 75 innings at AAA, 476 ERA, 469 FIP. So not like he's been super effective down there in the minor leagues, but he's been effective coming up here to the big league level and does face a Miami lineup that is really bad against righties. They've been good against lefties all year long. The only team worse in second half weighted on base average against righties is the Giants. Miami is at 288 with an 81 WRC plus. That's the third worst WRC plus against righties here in the second half. The Marlins with Lazardo, he's been great this season and specifically great at home. 78 and a third innings pitched at home, 270 Woba against 264 ERA, 278 FIP. On the road, his Woba is almost 100 points higher. ERA is more than two runs higher. Lazardo's K percentage at home, 6% higher than it is on the road. So I thought about the under here, which is under eight or eight and a half if you can find one. And I also thought about the Marlins. Even though they have a low offensive projection, Lazardo's great numbers at home definitely stand out here against the Yankees. But the Yankees have been better against lefties here of late. Maybe having Aaron Judge back helps with that a little bit. With no starter officially listed, couldn't give out an official play, but I do think under eight and a half is probably not a bad look in this game once Vasquez is officially announced or whoever the opener may be if the Yankees opt to go that route. Twins and the Phillies, Dallas Keuchel on the bump here for the Twins. It's likely to be Christopher Sanchez for the Phillies. That one also has not been officially announced. Phillies are a big favorite here against Keuchel in the minus 160 minus 165 range with a total of nine and a half. So Keuchel, the last two years have been really, really bad. He went to driveline baseball, tried to rectify his career. Bunch of teams went out, saw a throwing session. The Twins opted to sign him, sent him to AAA, and in six starts, he had a 113 ERA over 32 innings and came back, faced the Diamondbacks, gave up one run, but did give up eight hits, two walks, didn't strike anybody out. But he wasn't hit hard in that start, 28.6% hard hit percentage. So a lot of singles, death by, you know, seeing eye ground balls, stuff like that for him. So we'll see if Keuchel's able to be a little bit better here. But the Phillies, top five offense against lefties in the second half, 350 Woba, 119 WRC+. Sanchez has been pretty good, 344 ERA, 397 expected, 435 FIP. The Twins have mauled righties in the second half. They haven't been as good against lefties, but still an above average group, 105 WRC plus against Southpaws in the second half. Sanchez isn't really a huge strikeout guy, which is always a factor against Minnesota. So interesting game. Interesting to see how Keuchel fares, but not a game that I have any investment in for today. Oakland and Washington, the series that everyone's been waiting for. Paul Blackburn and Ioana Don in this one for the two respective teams. The A's could close a road favorite here. If they do, it'll be the second time this season and just the fourth time in the last two seasons. Adon is a guy that 
the market hates. They think he's maybe the worst starting pitcher in Major League Baseball, as evidenced by the fact that Oakland may very well be a road favorite when this line goes or when this game goes off. Also, Paul Blackburn's just more trustworthy. 435 ERA, 386 expected, 345 FIP. Been pretty good over his last few starts as well. Three runs on 16 hits in his last three starts over 17 and a third. Adon's only made 11, uh, three appearances actually this season, covering 11 innings. Wasn't good last year at all. 710 ERA, expected ERA over six. Just not a game to, to really have a whole lot of interest in. Uh, but again, the interesting note there, the A's could close a road favorite in that one. I uh, will skip over the Cubs and the Blue Jays. Got to play in that one. I, look, I gave a lot of thought to taking the Brewers on the run line. It's uh, in the minus 108, minus 110 range with Corbin Burns on the bump against Michael Kopech. Burns has been terrific since the start of July. Two ERA, 293 FIP, 10 runs on just 17 hits in 45 innings. He's had some walk issues over his last couple of starts, though. That scared me a little bit, not because Chicago draws walks, but just that maybe it's some fatigue, maybe it's a mechanical issue, something like that. But he's only allowed a 29.6% hard hit percentage over his last seven starts. The White Sox don't really hit anybody, but they definitely don't hit righties. The thing I'm concerned with, though, is the Milwaukee offense. So Michael Kopech on the hill for the White Sox, 443 ERA, 563 expected, 620 FIP. Since returning from the IL, 15 runs on 19 hits and 21 and two-thirds with 18 walks against 15 strikeouts. But the Brewers are awful against righties. They're 29th in road Woba against righties here in the second half. Only Baltimore is worse in that stat. So I got scared away by the Milwaukee offense, even though I do think Burns should be really, really good in this game. But again, I got concerned by that little control hiccup for him. Not that the White Sox draw walks, but just maybe it showcases something going on with Burns. So didn't want to lay the run line. White Sox team total under three and a half is maybe not a bad bet. That is pretty heavily juiced, though. So maybe you guys take the run line and it winds up working out. I couldn't get there, but I would expect Burns to probably pitch well here. Maybe an outs prop with Corbin Burns, something like that might be the way to go, especially because the White Sox are a very undisciplined lineup. So this is the kind of game where Burns can have 90 pitches over eight innings, something like that, and wind up racking up a bunch of outs. So maybe that's the way to look at it. And and quite frankly, with the way that my season has been going here, uh, it has not been a good baseball season for me, especially with totals. Totals have been very, very challenging. Um, I find myself kind of gravitating more towards the prop markets, and maybe that's something I will kind of incorporate a bit more as we go forward here. The Cardinals and the Royals, Adam Wainwright and Dylan Coleman in this one. Coleman will be the opener. Angel Zerpa will probably pitch in this game. Uh, the Royals have a pretty rested bullpen, so they're in pretty good shape after Coleman, but I don't know why you would start a game with Dylan Coleman. He's given up 16 runs on 16 hits and 14 and a third innings, 17 to 14 strikeout to walk ratio, I'm not really sure why you would start yourself in a situation where you're likely to be down in the game. I mean, I don't know where else you would use Coleman. You know, he's a very low leverage reliever pitching in games where you're getting blown out, stuff like that. I sure as hell wouldn't start the guy. So we'll see if that decision works out for the Royals. But Adam Wainwright's been terrible this season, and it's sad to see, honestly. 781 ERA, 764 expected, 568 FIP. At this point, 
It's just about getting him two more wins to get him to 200. And this is a guy, I mean, as bad as this season is, he's got a shot to go to Cooperstown. I mean, he'd have 200 wins. He's got a 349 career ERA right now. I think the voters would seriously consider it. I mean, he's, you know, won a couple of World Series as well. I, I think you've got to consider it, you know, what, what his case may be. But as far as this season goes, uh, he's allowed three or more runs in 13 of his 14 starts, four or more runs in nine of 14. It's been bad, and Kansas City offensively has been pretty good uh, of late here, even without Vinny Pasquantino, who they lost for the season back in July. So big total in this game of 11. The Cardinals are a small road favorite. Storms in the area as well, so this game may not even get played. Uh, but you know, just a very challenging handicap with a couple of bad pitching situations there for the Cardinals and the Royals. Rangers and the Giants. John Gray getting the call here for Texas today. It'll be Scott Alexander as the opener, Ross Stripling as the bulk guy for the Giants here. Rangers are a short road favorite at DraftKings, minus 115. Other places kind of in the money line pick them situation, minus 105 both ways. Total of eight and a half for this one here. And Gray... You know, since he got a blister in mid-June, just not the same guy. Last eight starts, 630 ERA, 446 FIP, 32 to 19 strikeout to walk ratio in, I believe, 40 innings. He just hasn't been sharp. And, you know, he struggled last time out against Miami. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, they're just a deplorable offense against righties. And Gray still had plenty of issues with them in that one. But the Giants have been bad offensively for a while now themselves, which puts a lot of pressure on Alexander and Stripling. Alexander failed to record an out as the opener three days ago, gave up three runs on three hits, giving up runs in back-to-back appearances. So we'll see if he can kind of get back on track. Stripling's been good. The full season numbers are not good. 521 ERA, 504 expected, 510 FIP. But in his last 35 innings, 334 ERA, 363 FIP, only a lot of 34.9% hard hit percentage in that span. So he's been pretty good, but I, I can't trust the Giants here. The Rangers bullpen is in great shape. They don't have a ton of depth, but none of the main guys have worked over the last several days. So it's a, it's a tough one. I, I think, you know, if, if I was more trusting of Gray, I'd probably be on the Rangers here, but not really trusting Gray. Uh, but again, I think a live betting opportunity, if Texas has the lead or they're trailing or something like that, because of the state of their bullpen, maybe not a bad idea to make a live bet on them as this game goes along. All right, so the two plays I've got here for today, let's go to Fenway Park. We got the Tigers and the Red Sox. Tarek Skubal on the hill for the Tigers. Chris Sale making his return for Boston. Sale expected to go about four innings. That was the plan that Alex Cora talked about. Look great in two rehab starts, six and a third scoreless, 10 to two strikeout to walk ratio. And he had some really good numbers before he went on the IL. Started off rough, 22 runs in his first five starts, but then you have just nine runs in his next six starts, then hit the IL. The velocity was down a little bit in his second rehab start, but it's all about the slider for him. That's his money pitch. That's what he's going to go with to get outs. And the Tigers strike out a ton. The Tigers strike out a lot. So, I think Sale in pretty good shape for his four innings here today. And for Tarek Skubal, 367 ERA, but a 230 expected ERA, 137 FIP, six starts covering 27 innings. So he's kind of been brought along a little bit slowly as well. But he's got 33 strikeouts against just four walks, hasn't given up a home run yet. And, you know, I'm curious to see how he does because 
his two road starts have been a struggle, but you know, here in the month of August, neither one of these teams have seen many lefties. So a lot of the platoon guys, the righties that play against Southpaws haven't gotten a whole lot of reps here. So I think the first five under is a good look. First five under four and a half minus one ten at DraftKings shop around. Maybe you find a little bit better, but I think we get a lot of strikeouts early on in this game. We get a couple of offenses that have not performed well against lefties and haven't seen a lot of them here of late. The two bullpens are kind of in a weird spot, so I didn't want to play the full game, but I took the first five under four and a half minus one ten at DraftKings. But again, shop around for the best number you can find. The other play, and I will admit, today was not my favorite day in terms of finding plays to make. I think it's an interesting card. I think there are a lot of storylines. I don't think it's a great card with betting options. But the Cubs and the Blue Jays here, Javier Assad will get the start for the Cubs. 335 ERA, 465 expected, 451 FIP. Three and two-thirds in each of his last two appearances, so that's about what I would expect here from him. He's not giving up a lot of barrels. And... When you look at the Cubs in the second half here, they've been the best offense in baseball against righties. 398 Woba, 153 WRC+. The Blue Jays are a below-average offense against righties in the second half. And furthermore, over the past 10 days, they've been terrible against righties. So I think Assad and the Cubs can kind of cobble this together. They had an off day on Thursday, so their bullpen's a little bit more rested. And I just... I'm not impressed with what we're seeing here from Toronto of late. So the Cubs plus 130, I think a worthwhile gamble today. And the first five under between the Red Sox and the Tigers. That'll wrap it up for this week on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Please rate, review, subscribe. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I will talk to you again on Monday. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, Have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.